All right, welcome, welcome into the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. After a short break, our first break we've ever done one week, uh, episode 73 is finally out. We're going to be discussing reports from around the realm. We're going to be doing a quick NFL playoff bracket overview. So if anybody is playing fantasy in the NFL playoffs, we're going to give you a little bit of insight there. Uh, Max's trade corner returns, but sadly... Max is sick at the moment, so in his stead, we have welcomed on Ren Piper, uh, a NFL uh, fantasy football writer. Ren, what's up? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. So we're going to be having Ren on. He's got some great insights, and he is a big Chicago Bears fan, so he's going to break down the number one pick for us as well. Again, wanted to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy, for another week of support. Again, underdog fantasy user code monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y for a $100 deposit match. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number 73. Seven, three of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. Ladies and gentlemen, for the last couple of weeks, the podcast has been broken up, been seeing, you know, Jace not being there, myself not being there, Super Producer Max. It's been a little hectic last couple of weeks. And this week, Another tragedy strikes. Max has strep throat. It is so sad. But in his stead, we've brought on former writer for Fantasy NFL Today and Sports Ethos, Ren Piper. Ren, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be here. All right. So we have Jace holding it down in the desert, super producer up in Cleveland. And Ren, where are you holding it down from? Holding it down from Northern Virginia, just outside D.C., there you go. Go Commanders. No, bear down. <laughs> bear down for Ren. Uh, we have a great episode for you today. It's our first episode after the fantasy offseason has started. We got we gave ourselves a week off last week. We'd ripped 72 consecutive episodes before that. So I think maybe one week, uh, one week's rest was uh, was nice enough. Before we get in the episode, who's winning the Super Bowl? I feel like... You know, I usually try to give a good question coming in, but this is the obvious one for this week. Well, we'll let our esteemed guest, Ren, tell us who's winning uh, and who's me, the matchup. Maybe it's a cop-out, but I'm taking the number one seeds out of uh, the NFC and AFC. It's going to be between Chiefs and Eagles and uh, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to bring it home. I feel like they were snubbed last year when they lost in the AFC uh, championship game to the Bengals and the year before that losing to the uh, the Bucks in the Super Bowl Patrick Mahomes is mad he's not gonna take no for an answer this year he's taking it home the Tyreek Hillis Chiefs going beat the Eagles JB <laughs> yeah I think it's it feels like a Chiefs year to me it's been you know Mahomes lost Tyreek and he didn't lose a step and it's just I don't know. They were, you know, Andy Reid and them, they were playing ring around the Rosie in week 18 and scoring <laughs> touchdowns. And that was it's so just, bad. I mean, they're just toying with teams right now. So I feel like they're going to be the ultimate winner. And uh, yeah, from the other side of things in the NFC, 
I don't know. There's there's some really questionable teams over on that side of thing. Like the, the 49ers are good, but they have Mr. Relevant running in the show. So, you know, first time in the NFL, now he's going to play his first playoffs. Like that gives me pause. The Minnesota Vikings can score a bunch of points, but their defense is atrocious. Primetime Kirk Cousins. I, I get the whole Minnesota <laughs> thing, J.B. It, it's scary. Tom has not, I mean, he's looked old all year long. That offense is like, it really looked bad. Uh, Dak and the Cowboys have looked rough. So it's a tough, tough kind of slate, but um, I don't know. I I got, I think I'm going to go Kansas city chiefs over Tampa Bay Buccaneers just because you can never doubt Tom, even when you think he's down, he's, he's never down. So uh, that's who I'm going to go with. All right. Super producer. Yeah, I definitely got to rock with the Chiefs as well on the AFC side of things. Um, enough said about that. I feel like Mahomes makes his own argument there. And then I think I'm going to go with Mr. Irrelevant, the 49ers in the uh, in the chip as well, but definitely going to roll with the Chiefs winning that one. I really do think the 49ers defense is going to win them a handful of games, especially if they get the Vikings in that second game. I, I really don't see the Vikings getting past that defense and then comes down to the Eagles, but – yeah, I, th- I like the Chiefs for sure. Kyle Shanahan would slide to 0 and 3 in the Super Bowl if that happened. Oof. And wouldn't that be sweet? Mm. Uh, the <laughs> what was he? The OC. He was the OC in Atlanta when they lost on 28 to 3. He lost 49ers and the uh the Chiefs, and he would lose again. That'd be <laughs> terrible. I can't imagine what I would do if I was Shanahan. I think I'd have to just maybe quit. <laughs> I mean, um, just getting to the Super Bowl that many times is good enough, right? It's yeah. to not win it but getting there's a good sign yeah especially with what they i mean i've been kind of pulling for shanahan to win coach of the year for quite some time and to do what they've done with three different quarterbacks and that defense is really good but there was probably a four or five six week stretch where they were down huge pieces in that defense and still managed to string together wins and uh i would i really like my heart would be happiest if Mr. Irrelevant and the 49ers won the whole thing and Shanahan finally got one. Like that would, that's where my heart lies. But Mahomes, man, I feel like he's got different plans this season. He's just, he's playing at a different level. JB, I cannot allow Shanahan to win anything in his life. He has ruined <laughs> me. He ruined me by letting Tom Brady win a BS championship. And that, that cemented his like status as the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. literally put a just a fork in me as a yeah. as a young Jets fan. I that was one of the worst days of my life watching yep. them blow that lead and passing the ball <laughs> late in the fourth quarter. Yep. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be a uh, different person here. I'm gonna go against the uh, the tone. I think the Bills. It's storybook. The NFL scriptwriters are gonna come out and it's gonna be Super Bowl for Demar. They're gonna play the Eagles. I currently live in Philadelphia, as many people know, and I'm a big Eagles homer because I live in the city. But I think the Bills win against the Eagles. Like, imagine the tailgates before that game. Bills, Eagles, Bills, Eagles, Bills win because the NFL screenwriters uh, are too good. Yeah. Because the screenwriters are too good. DeMar Hamlin as an honorable uh, or honorary captain. He lifts the the Super Bowl trophy. He's standing next to Commissioner Goodell lifting the trophy. That does feel like destiny right right there. Yeah. (laughs) And the NFL just somehow, some possible way, finds a way to flip something that could have absolutely, you know, been the spotlight of bad PR on the league and just flips yeah. it and makes it incredible PR on the league. You know, mm-hmm. Roger, I tip my hat to you. 
But before we tip our hats to the fans and bring the episode forward, I'm going to announce our sponsor for the week, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football, especially with the segment we're going to be doing later on DFS and uh, daily fantasy drafts, weekly fantasy drafts. Underdog, again, is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football. It's a best ball site, but then it has pick them in certain states. There is a million different things that you can do on the Underdog app. We use it here personally. I know Nick C, Jace, myself, and Max have all used it. Ren, have you used the Underdog app? Oh, yeah. All the time. I didn't win a ton of money from my best ball drafts from the <laughs> summer, but I had fun playing them. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, look, at the end of the day, it is about winning money, but if you can have fun along the way and not feel too bad about losing the money, I'd take that. But again, I'd rather take the money. I'm very competitive, and you can <laughs> let that competitive nature out through underdog use our code monarchy m-o-n-a-r-c-h-y monarchy to get a free deposit match up to 100 dollars in bonus cash again that's monarchy m-o-n-a-r-c-h-y for 100 dollars in bonus cash the underdog app is the presenting sponsor of the dynasty monarchy podcast let's get into reports All right, we have seven items on the docket. We'll see how many that we get to before we move on to our next segment. But something that I did want to lead with, Brandon Cooks, who was on our Island of Misfit Players episodes a couple of weeks ago, somebody that we've always forgotten about. And the fantasy community has not only forgotten about him this past season, but for seasons and seasons and seasons. I think he's a screaming by this offseason, and I think he's a screaming by right now before he gets moved. Brandon Cooks wants out of Houston via a trade and he said, I'm not here to rebuild anymore. So he wants to go to a team that is looking to compete. JB, why don't you lead us off? Brandon Cook's outlook moving into next season. Yeah, first and foremost, it's so funny that he's like, I don't want to be part of a rebuild because I think he signed his extension after Deshaun Watson was moved, which is like, bro, what do you think this is? This is nothing else but a rebuild. But nonetheless, General Mills, it was, yeah, he was bought in. I think we all were. I mean, uh, especially us, we had him on our dynasty monarchy, uh, super flex team, which was a good time. Um, But yeah, Brandon cooks, man, just kind of a serial producer throughout his entire career. I mean, you can almost always bank on him to get you close to a thousand yards, if not exceed that probably somewhere in the area of six to eight touchdowns. Um, He's an older dude. Uh, I believe, what is he now, 30 years old at this point? Um, yeah, I, I, September. yeah, it turns 30 in September. So, yeah, I mean, he's getting up there in age, but, you know, he's not a running back. So I think at the wide receiver position, I'm definitely more willing to invest in a guy that might be a little bit older because you probably, I mean, you're not going to go have to pay first round picks for this guy. Um, you can probably acquire him for a second rounder in this rookie class, in the 2023 rookie class. Um, And that's definitely something I would be willing to do if I'm a competitor right now. I I think he's going to be pretty successful wherever he goes. I think um, whoever ends up with him is someone that really, really wants him for what he does on the field, not just like as a locker room piece or anything like that, because I think he's shown us um, at times this season that he's still got it in the tank. So, um, yeah, if I can acquire him for a second round pick and I'm ready to go next season, that's that's definitely something I'm willing to do. And. You know, if he were to land on the Chiefs and you buy him now, I mean, shoot, you might be able to turn around and flip him for a profit or use him. I mean, there's a lot of upside with him, um, and he's very well established in the NFL. So I think he's going to find a really good suitor this offseason. All right, Ren, what do you think about this? 
No, I absolutely agree. He's a buy low right now. And like you were saying, JB, once he uh, gets traded or signs to maybe it's KC, maybe it's Chicago where they need a number one wide receiver or something, sure. his value is going to spike and you can, you can capitalize on that. Or if you really believe in it, keep playing him. But he's a buy really, low for sure. No. Really quick for the Bears fan in the room. Do you really want Brandon Cooks to be your wide receiver one next year? Come on, bro. It's better than the trash we were rolling out this season. Come on. Vilas Jones, the 25-year-old rookie. <laughs> he started to show some flashes at the end of the season, but he's a special teamer. Uh, yeah. Brandon Cooks would be light years better than anybody that we had. Yeah. All right. Vilas might be older than Brandon Cooks at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he might be. Who's older, Vilas Jones or Stetson Bennett? Uh, Dude, good question. That's Stetson Bennett's like 45 years old and still playing college football. Pretty it's incredible. A close one, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, but just to piggyback off the Brandon Cooks talk, we look at a guy like Hopkins who has also tried to get moved this offseason. So, you know, if we look at Brandon Cooks as like, let's say like a C plus B level wide receiver for your team, if you're starting him and you're competing, uh, you're probably not going to have a great year, but if he's a depth wide receiver on your competing team, you're really going to like that. Hopkins is a guy that can definitely start on your teams this upcoming season. Looks like he's going to get moved. What is your prognosis for Hopkins? Is it similar to Cooks? Or because Hopkins maybe even has two years on Cooks, you know, that's that cliff is right there. One of my favorite strategies uh, on competing teams to try and make the the dynasty last and continue is to, uh, wait until the draft is coming up, sell those rookie picks for those uh, undervalued players, those aging players. Uh, if you look at a lot of the the teams that win championships, it's not the ones that have all the, the first year players, second year players. Those teams may look pretty on paper, but it's the aging undervalued vets that win you championships. So a guy like D-Hop, if yeah, I'm not I'm not sending out a first for him. I'm not buying him at peak value. But if you're in the third round of your rookie draft and there's somebody who uh, one of your uh, league mates is super high on, maybe see if you can get him for a third and maybe next year's second or something. It, yeah. It's I'm, I, I would buy him for sure. Yeah. For now, cheap. Jace, what, what's your opinion on this kind of move? Well, Hollywood Brown to the moon is definitely my <laughs> Max first take here. On Max <laughs> isn't here to defend his take. Yeah, so uh, that is definitely very exciting for me because I've been a Hollywood Brown truther for quite some time. So, uh, but in regard to the whole age thing, you know, in Dynasty, we're always trying to get ahead of that cliff. So I feel like we always we're just and this is the next year. This is the cliff. When in reality, like when you look at D Hop and what he was able to do when he stepped in as the true number one on this team, he was everything that they asked him to be in more like he's still D hop. And I think, you know, until we actually see signs of, you know, negative regression with his age, you know, I'm not panicking with a guy like that. And I think if you're a competitor, it's yeah. Take the value all day long. And I am really with you guys. Like um, I'm in the process of building like a young competitor team right now. And yeah, it looks really sexy on paper and having just played out a season, like, had I put the whole team together with guys that are, you know, 25 to 23 years old, like I probably wasn't making it to the championship this year. Like those guys are a lot of their value is set in projections. And I think a lot of the value we take off of guys, uh, vets are projected, uh, you know, negative regression with their age. So 
um, yeah, it's kind of a balance, you know, like I, if I do have a team that's going all in, like say I'm going after my first title, I'm, I'm willing to sell out on the age because flags fly forever. It's like LA Rams style, like F them picks fly forever, but they end up hurting after a long time. They might, they might, but I'll tell you what, as someone who's never taken home our dynasty championship, the taste of greatness that is winning our most competitive league would be worth three years of trying to rebuild to me. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's always a balance though. Like I'm not going to go sell my Drake London for D hop and completely sell out like that. Be, be wise with how you're setting yourself up. Steve, maybe you can stockpile 25 picks so that you're safe when, okay, maybe these guys do hit the cliff and you can't get anything more than a couple seconds. You're protected in 2025, but yeah, I'm all over acquiring these guys. And same thing with Brand, like with D hop with Brandon cooks, whoever wants D hop is going to, they're going to pay a bag. They're going to go get him. And they're, it's not going to be like Kenny G like they're going to use him. Um, and they're going to try to make him, uh, the elite guy that he's been in the past in their offense. So I- I'm bought in on this guy. I think guys, his age that have been in the NFL that long, they're, you know, scheme proof almost like, the the scheme is going to be built around them it's not like they're going to have to learn the system and find their way in it's going to be built around them so i think cooks and d hop are going to be some great veteran bylaws this offseason for sure all right let's keep the link let's keep the link from the uh the past topic cliff kingsbury has been fired as head coach of the arizona cardinals obviously we know kyler murray is a good quarterback i'm not going to say that he's system proof like you just mentioned jb I'm not going to say that exactly, but we know that he can produce because of his rushing upside where he's going to have a specific floor, no matter where he plays, who he plays with, he will have a specific floor. So I'm not too concerned about him, but let's talk about deep threat options like Hollywood Brown going to be morphing into this new kind of receiver with a new system. I know that you're a little bit on the higher side of Hollywood Brown, but I'm going to actually have you do me a favor here. Mm-hmm. Give me one setback that you see in Hollywood Brown season. Yeah, I, I think it kind of depends on the draft. Like if the Cardinals go in and there's a lot of running backs in this class, say they grab a guy that they really like and they still got James Conner and they get a guy that comes in who's like, hey, we're going to you know, try to play defense and control the clock and run the ball. Um, you know, that, that kind of stuff can maybe mess with some of the upside. But, um, you know... I, I do kind of go back to the argument with like uh, not argument per se, but just the talking point of co- smart coaches are going to build their offense around their best players. So guys like Marquise who this season um, I forget how many weeks it was, but was the wide receiver six in points per game. Like he, they were running the offense through him. Um, Those first couple of weeks were magical, man, magical. And I think there was, they were having a lot of success with that. And I think whoever steps into this job is going to recognize that, that he's, he's bigger than a deep ball guy. You know, he was in a run first scheme in Baltimore for the first part of his career in deep balls. I mean, his, his speed and deep ball ability just made sense for the offense because the defense is constantly keen on the run. And then you yank it back one time and Hollywood Brown is 10 yards past your safety. Like you're going to use that. Um, but they're going to need people on this team going through rebuild to just move the chains, uh, move the ball down the field. And I think Hollywood showed that he is, uh, he's much better than a deep threat. He can run routes all over the field, very versatile. So talented guys, I'm just, I'm very much in the camp of talent over situation. So, um, wherever talented guys are, I'm buying into them. I'm not going to read too deep into the tea leaves of coaching. 
Hey man, JB, you and I, we've been so high on DJ Moore for years. Yeah. And then Sam Darnold decided to have like a healthy six weeks and everyone was like, wow, he's actually kind of good. Right, man. Right. Talent will shine through if you can get some competency, um, you know, competent quarterback throwing someone the rock. We saw it with Mike White and Garrett Wilson, true breakout um, as a rookie. So. All right, Ren, any talking points on Cliff Kingsbury being fired? Uh, that team is definitely going into a rebuild, but on the Cardinals as a whole, uh, firstly, I'm, I am scared off of Kyler Murray. I just, you know, just reading the latest news, uh, they're not confident he's going to be ready for 2023, which then concerns me for whoever his pass catching option options may be. Uh, those, uh, backup Cardinals quarterbacks aren't great, but then when, you know, looking at each individual player, we didn't ever get to see the Cardinals as a whole complete offense because no. at the beginning of the season, Hopkins was suspended. Then as soon as he comes off suspension, Hollywood gets hurt. And then once Hollywood comes back, Kyler gets hurt. Right. So we don't know what, <laughs> what, how these guys are going to eat from each other or help each other. We truly have no idea. So, yeah. and it seems like that might be a failed experiment with Cliff Kingsbury headed out. They might tear down and start over. So. The JFK uh, um, assassination, the yeah. moon landing, the 2022 <laughs> Arizona Cardinals offense. Dude. All dude, things that might not have happened. Talk about lighting money <laughs> on fire, though. They just extended the guy to 2027, and they're like, yeah, see you later. And it's like, oh, not to get too deep into it, but, you know, Kyler's not going to be back next season. It's going to be Colt McCoy or whoever it is. Like, what whoever you're hiring yeah. are they going to come turn it around next season like I, no. I don't know i would just leave him on contract for the next season and then maybe you know check things out after 2023 that just seemed like a strange decision for me maybe they want to change culture two second talking point before we move on to the next one because we got to keep keep it moving kyler murray in super flex leagues in super flex leagues we understood what Deshaun watson's value was last year right we understood that he was still going to fetch a very large price because he was a great quarterback for those, you know, couple of years in fantasy. I think he finishes the quarterback for like almost every single year or something like that. We knew his value after everything. We knew that he wasn't going to be great the year that you were buying him this past off season because of the limited amount of games. And we knew it was always going to be about that next season. So for Deshaun, it's the 2023 season for Kyler, most likely going to be the 2024 season. What is Kyler's dynasty value? What do you think that happy medium is for Superflex? I think it's like two and a half first. I think maybe two and a half, maybe three, because quarterback is so hard to find in dynasty Superflex. But I think this is the perfect time to buy if you're gonna. In Superflex, I'm, I'm, my team always has one stud anchor QB, and then I kind of stream QBs as I as I can. I know it's tough to do in Superflex. People hoard them like crazy, but you know you can always find last minute injury subs, and they're not great. But it, that's why the position is super flex is because it doesn't you you want it to be a quarterback, but you can put whoever in there. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm never the guy that's trading for the elite quarterbacks like that. So I'm not buying them, and especially not for this coming season. I don't want Maybe he rounds into prime Kyler form towards the end of the season, but I don't want to be relying on a guy who's recovering from a blown up knee uh, in my contention. Who's also team. five foot eight. Right. Yeah. And running is his, what gives him his fantasy. Yeah. yeah. JB. Yeah. I think, 
honestly, it could get to a point during this rookie season where one of the, uh, you know, running back wide receiver rookies that's coming out the, you know, the rookie fever just gets so hot that, um, you know, it becomes equal value to a Kyler Murray and in a super flex league, depending on where you're at, especially, I mean, if you need to start building your foundation with wide receivers and younger players, then by all means, keep your guys. But if it gets to a point where, I mean, your final piece could be an elite quarterback over the next two, three seasons. And someone wants to give you Kyler Murray for your Quentin Johnston. I mean, you got to do that in super flex. So I would be looking out for those windows. And I think in one quarterback leagues, um, and this has actually been a strategy that I've been kind of going after on my own uh, one quarterback team is see if maybe, you know, the 2024 rookie class, I know we're hyping up the 23 class, but the 2024 class quarterbacks are legit. Drake may. Yeah. Oh yeah. Caleb Caleb Williams. I mean, it's going to be, those guys are going to be insane, but even just one quarterback wise, I mean, the wide receivers coming out in 2024 are very, very similar to this 2022 class we just had with just studs all over the place. If I could acquire, you know, let's say I have uh, I mean, Drake London, for example, a guy on my team, you know, if I could acquire a pick in 2024, that looks like it's mid at you know somewhere in the middle tier which sometimes teams will think that they're better than they actually are and then that mid first ends up you know being 104 103 if i can go get kyler murray plus a mid 24 first for my drake london and quarterback is you know maybe i've been rolling with a Derek carr or tom brady one of these vets i'm doing that all day stash kyler wait till you know you're probably rebuilding at that point a little bit wait until the 2024 season then you got your Kyler Murray and then you got your Marvin Harrison Jr. If you're lucky enough or your uh, what's his name? Amika Abuka. Uh, I think I just got that right out of Ohio State. I mean, there's some stud wide receivers that could very, very well end up higher in dynasty rankings than a Drake London. So just see how low you can buy these guys and stash. Um, but that's more for a rebuilder. If I'm contending, like you said, Ren, like that's that's a tough ass to, you know, wait for him to come in after this busted knee come into a new system and a rebuild and, you know, really rely on him to produce. All right, let's keep moving forward. Um, We're not going to talk about this really, but it is a point of topic that we want everyone to know about. Sean Payton has been requested to talk with Houston, Denver, and Arizona. Uh, I'm sure he's going to talk to many more teams beyond that, Um, but keep an eye out on where he goes. If it's getting hot that he's going to go to a certain team, pick up, the auxiliary pieces there if you can like if he goes to denver jerry judy's value is going to go through the roof you know if he goes Cortland sutton will just become michael thomas 2.0 so if if that happens you you got to know that wherever he goes fantasy value is going to go if you're looking to flip players all right last talking point uh just want to mention for ren the big chicago bears fan on the uh on the podcast right now they get the first overall pick Give us your two cents. You know, I'm sure you got your ear to the ground on Chicago Bears Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you listen to all the reporters talk, you know, just give us the consensus of what's going on. Is Justin Fields safe? I uh, I really think he is. I think it's just smoke and mirrors. But if he's not safe, why? So head coach uh, Matt Eberflus, I think it was either him or the GM Ryan Poles, whatever. At the end of the season uh, press conference, uh, they he was asked uh what would it take for you to trade justin fields or something along those lines and he said listen everybody's on the block if uh, unless you're the best 
that I've ever seen at your position, of course, you're on the block. Um, that being said, they'd have to be absolutely blown away, away by the offer, and they'd have to absolutely fall in love with one of the quarterbacks in the draft. They'd, they'd have to be 1,000% guaranteed to be better than what they already have, um, which, you know, the possibility is there, but it's like less than 1%, if you're asking me, and if you're asking a lot of people who actually uh, watch the Bears games, because you know, this is a fantasy football podcast. We all know that Justin Fields maybe not won some people championships because he got injured and it was weird at the end of the season, but he was incredible. For a really big stretch of the season, he was incredible. But what a lot of the fantasy people think is that he was just incredible because he was running the football, which is true. He had some amazing highlights, but he got better as a passer as the season progressed. So in week six, the Bears played at home versus the Washington Commanders on Thursday night football. And then they played in week seven in New England on Monday night. So they had like a mini bye week and something clicked between the OC and Justin Fields. Something happened where everything turned around for weeks one through six, when the Bears looked like the worst team in football, Fields was a quarterback 21, putting up about 13 fancy points per game. But from Week seven forward that uh, Monday night football against New England. That was prime oh, time. I lost it so was... much money. I lost so much money on that game. <laughs> it was like Belichick versus the second year quarterback and the spread was only like six and a half. I was right. like, this is crazy. Pretty money, right? No, Justin Fields kicked their ass. From that point forward, Fields was the quarterback to 25 and a half fantasy points per game. He looked better as a passer. There were countless games where he was hitting his wide receivers in the hands, wide open, dropping balls. There was one play where he tried to hit his tight end out of the flat, and it looked like Fields overthrew him. But when he actually watched the replay, the tight end was staring into the backfield the entire time, whereas if he had actually run his route, he would have got to where the ball was. Oh, cool. Fields is not the issue. Fields is not the issue. The Bears have way too many holes to fill to trade him away and select a quarterback or something like that. Best case scenario, they can trade down uh, maybe down to like four with the Colts and still get one of either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter and then maybe pick up Quentin Nelson, maybe Michael Pittman. That's a pipe dream. I would I would like either one of those a lot. But oh, yeah. No, the, the Bears are not drafting a quarterback at number one. If they're drafting anybody, it's Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, but they're most likely trading back. Your division's wide open, man. It is, especially if Aaron Rodgers retires. That would be amazing. I hate no, he's Aaron coming to the Jets. Okay, that's fine. Get him. <laughs> oh, take the uh, the Brett Favre path, right? Go to the Jets oh, yeah. and then go to the Vikings for a couple of years. That would that would be perfect, Aaron, just to spite them and go to the Vikings. <laughs> All right, we're gonna move into our next segment. We're gonna be doing a quick NFL playoff. Uh, breakdown for fantasy so if you're playing in a fantasy related playoff bracket etc we're going to just be breaking down a couple matchups for you all right so we're going to be doing some quick stuff for dfs and then fantasy playoffs if you're doing any extended playoffs into the actual playoffs so we have the jaguars play the chargers we have the bengals playing the ravens bills play the dolphins Bucks, Cowboys, Vikings, Giants, and then the Niners and the Seahawks. 
So, gentlemen, for DFS, who's your favorite play this week? Uh, I'll lead us off. I think, you know, DFS-wise, from what I've learned in the past, is you you got to avoid the chalk as much as you really want to play uh, certain guys against certain teams. And, like, you, you want to play Christian McCaffrey um, versus the Seahawks because it's such a juicy matchup. And, of course, he's going to get force-fed the ball. But think about all the other people out there they're going to put CMC in their lineup as well. You got to have some, some difference makers, some differentiators. So um, I, that's just one little tip, it, you know, make a spicy lineup. Those are usually the ones I see in first place where it's like, how the hell did you think about that? I mean, they didn't, you're just taking shots. Like if you can see any kind of potential for a blow up game, throw that guy in your lineup. So for me, that's Darius Slayton uh, gets the Vikings matchup here in the first matchup. round. That Big, secondary stinks. It's so bad. I mean, he's a deep threat. Um, he can score you, you know, double digit points on two catches, one catch. He he's really got speed, and they've been using him all over the place this season. He's not just a deep ball guy; they've implemented him all over the offense. So Darius Slayton would be my guy because he's going to be very affordable, and he's going to allow you to go spend up on a guy like CMC. But he could also provide you, you know, twenty five points, just like one of those guys that you know in your DFS lineup cost eight thousand plus dollars. So. Uh, Darius Slayton. Those Giants guys have always been so cheap this season for DFS. So oh, yeah. they've been a value because at the end of the day, they do throw for some stuff. My guy that I'm going to be picking for DFS and the fantasy playoffs in general, he has some pretty juicy matchups. First one, Mike Evans. He's going to be going up against the number one burnt toast cornerback in the league in, uh, in digs this upcoming week against the Cowboys. Based on how they finished the season, Two weeks ago with Mike Evans just scoring, you know, 50 fantasy points. I could see Tom just uncorking it and Mike Evans just burning the ever-loving SHIT out of that Cowboys defense. He plays the Eagles the next round, which would be pretty rough. But outside of that, they could get a lucky break, play the Vikings in the semifinal of the NFC Championship game or the Seahawks if they get really lucky. Um, so I do really think that the Bucks and Mike Evans finds a way to be very relevant this playoffs. I'm with you, except I would go Chris Godwin. I know Ooh. that Mike Evans had that blow-up game at the end of the, the fantasy playoffs, probably won people championships. Well, probably would have won people championships if he had done anything to help get them there. <laughs> so you're liking Godwin. Why is it Godwin over Evans for you? I'm liking Godwin because he is getting the consistent uh, targets. Uh, a lot of DFS sites are full PPR. And I don't think Godwin's gotten less than six or seven targets all season. Godwin's got the consistency. And Mike Evans has the potential for the bl those blow-up type of games. But he's that underrated filler for your team that's going to give you yeah. points. And he may not put up 30 or something, but, you know, 15 to 20, sure, easily yeah. within his range. Speaking to both of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, I just won a championship with the team, and I started – both Chris Godwin and Mike Evans each and every week. And to go along with what you were saying about Chris Godwin, he is stability in your lineup. You know, DFS, you want to shoot for upside, but at the same time, if you can get guaranteed 20 plus points, you slot that into your lineup because, I mean, because he's not burning the roof off of things, he's going to be appropriately priced and he's going to return value pretty easily. So I'm all over that. Chris Godwin, for the past few years while Tom has been there, he is the facilitator of that offense. He is the thing that makes them go. He is the main gear. 
I mean, he has so many plays that are basically wide receiver handoffs. It's a cut screen where he lurches ahead for seven yards and moves the chains. Like he, if they're moving the ball, it's because he's having a good game. And, uh, you know, out of guys this season that have started off injured, coming back from ACL tears and whatnot, Chris Godwin has been probably one of one that has gotten better and better and better. Um, and if Tom's going to make a playoff run, Chris Godwin is going to be a big reason why. All right. Last talking point on this. I just wanted to mention something more of a overarching like fact. If you're playing in a, a pool, I know we run a pool. So if you're interested, uh, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. We tweeted out the pool. You can enter there. Uh, so for the fantasy playoffs, the playoff playoffs. Something that is very important. So if you're picking a player or a team's uh, position group, something that you'd want to think about, would I rather have A.J. Brown or would I rather have Stephon Diggs? And there's a very simple answer, in my opinion. More games equals more points. So since the Bills are a two seed, the Eagles are a one seed, I do think that the Bills eventually will have more games than the Eagles played. So if you're thinking about players to play, who should I start? Who should I not? That becomes a very big talking point that you're going to have to address when building these teams. With that being said, let's move into Max's trade corner. All right, Professor Max is out. So while the cat's away, the mice will play, as they tend to say. Am I rhyming like crazy? Whoa. <laughs> Um, now, uh, we do wish Max well, uh, getting better with his strep throat, but, you know, we assume he'll be back next week, but in the meantime, uh, the fantasy godfather, FF godfathers, we like to call him around here has been sent a lot of trades and he's shared a lot of them with us that he's seen this past week. So we're going to start off, uh, we're probably going to do about, uh, six of these and then we'll send everybody on their merry way. So our first one is single quarterback half point PPR. So which side do you find yourself on and give a little explanation of why? So we have, again, one quarterback, half point PPR dynasty. We have Drake London, or we have a 2025 first, 112 for this season, 205 for this season in Russell Wilson. So I'll say it again, Drake London, or essentially a first round pick in basically two seconds, 112 and 205. So 2025 first, 112, 205, and Russell Wilson. Ren, I'll let you kick this off because this is an actual trade that happened between Max and I, and I'll reveal what side was mine afterwards. <laughs> I want to say, I want to say you take the assets. I want to say you take the picks, but 2025 is so far out. Those picks look nice on paper, but 2025, you're not going to be able to play that guy for like three years. So I would think I'd take Drake London, but it's close. It's really close. Yeah. So I was on the, I received Drake London and I'm building a bit of a young competitor squad. So by 25, when it's, which is my, that's my first round pick, the 2025 one, I plan on making a title run. So essentially, I'm hopefully sending 112 in 2025, 112 in this year's draft, 205. And then Russell Wilson, who I'm a big believer in, is a big bounce back candidate next 100%. season. I, um, all in on that. I think he's still got everything except his mental figured out um, and what system he's going to be operating in. But in a one quarterback league, I mean, if I really needed to, 
I mean, you can go scoop up a quarterback for second round draft capital pretty easily, if not depth wide receivers and handcuff running backs. So I was all, I was more than willing to spend that much draft capital on a guy in Drake London who put up some monster rookie numbers for a wide receiver. And if he ever really did hit full stride, he's worth double what I sent over there. Um, You know, you're going to be looking for at least a top five pick included in another trade um, if he ever really does hit his ceiling. So that was my thought process. Um, But Max on the other side of things, his team is at the time was definitely in disarray um, needed depth and it was the right trade for him. Like he needs to shoot for the moon. He needs to kind of deepen up a little bit and take some shots on guys and hope that they can uh, exceed their back half first round draft capital. So I think it was even, I think the way you were looking at it and the way you said it's Drake London, but just by a little bit, I think that just shows team context is really, really important when looking at these trades too. Yeah. Like personally, when I, when I look at this trade, something that I really want to commend Jace and something that we don't talk about enough is trading our own picks and how important it is to get that right. I've traded picks in the past and it's been well worth my time because my team overperformed. I've traded picks in my time where my team has well underperformed and I really wish I didn't. And I had to eventually pay the price to move back into a draft that I needed to take players in. Um, So when you're trading this 2025 pick, it's important that you have that window, right? It's important that you have that, okay, this is by the time, this by this time, I'm going to be shoved all my chips in and I'm going to be ready to tango. I'm going to be ready to dance. So this upcoming season, I'm hoping that it's on the back end, you know, X, Y, Z. So I really enjoy that, Jace. Um, personally, I do take the London side. Sorry, Max, if you're listening. Uh, I just think a 2025 pick, there's too much volatility and risk in that. 112 is basically second, 205 is basically like a mid-second. Obviously, it's a mid-second, but really doesn't hold much value. And Russell Wilson's a quarterback, one quarterback league. I'll take the young stud. Let's move forward. One quarterback, half point PPR, JT, Jonathan Taylor, and Darnell Mooney are 103 and Amari Cooper. That's a good one, too. I think at 103, you're not getting... You're not getting your Bijan, obviously. You might not be getting Jameer Gibbs. Uh, so you're not getting that true stud running back there, uh, especially in a 1QB. I'd, I'd probably stick with JT and Mooney, honestly. Cooper's good. Cooper's obviously a better wide receiver than Darnell Mooney, uh, and especially if uh, that Browns quarterback can remember how to play football. Uh, but. <laughs> Um, JT is good enough for me that I'm I'm holding on to him for sure. Really quick, Jace. Mm-hmm. Something we were talking about on an episode before. Cooper has been sneaky good down the stretch. And let's say, you know, let's not say his production quote unquote doubles, like and he's become this elite receiver. But if he can sneak into the top 12 next year, being on the tail end of his career, what do you think that his value would ride at? So just tell us that. And then which side you'd be on the trade? Yeah, I, I think Amari Cooper is very much in the camp of D Hop and Brandon Cooks. He's getting old, um, but he's been in the league for a long time. We've we've been a big Amari Cooper podcast since our since our con- uh, conception, if you will. He's just always been younger than everyone thinks, and I think that's still very much the case. I mean, Deshaun Watson, if he's your quarterback and he can figure out how to play football again, 
it really wouldn't surprise me if he put up a top five season like that seems really, really ambitious, but I think that's within the range of outcomes. A lot, a lot of upside, someone I'm definitely investing in. If people think, you know, the Browns offense that was going on towards the end of this season is, you know, what they are moving forward. I would say that it's not like, I think that team has a lot of room to grow and they're going to get a lot better. So with that being said, I'm going to go with 103 in Amari Cooper. And Ren, I, I totally agree with everything you said. Like, I, I see it from your lens. I'm very much like a hero RB, zero RB guy, um, almost to a fault sometimes. Um, but, you know, I've just the the turnover at that position year to year in the finishing stat lines and just in dynasty for how long they last. I'm just much more willing to downgrade off a guy like JT in 103 um, because I mean, JT can put up a RB one overall season like he did, you know, a season ago and make me eat my words, but we saw the volatility this season. Um, and because of that, I'll take the down step, um, you know, Sean Tucker or, um zach charbonnet one of these studs coming out in 23 i mean they could potentially be the next jt i'm you know they weren't the prospect he was but land in the right place with the coach that's going to feed them the rock like he could be close to the value of jt and then the upgrade of amari cooper over darnell mooney is tenfold in my opinion so um yeah i the wide receiver upgrade is very very enticing to me JB, I was on the um, JT and Mooney side, but you've actually swung me. Oh, you really have. Oh, so I'm going to switch over to the 103 and Amari Cooper side for this for this argument in particular. All right, let's keep moving forward. Superflex PPR, full PPR, Superflex, full PPR. Another Drake London, Drake London or Jamison Williams and Isaiah Pacheco. I 100% know where I stand on this one. Anybody that's been listening to the podcast for a long time knows where I stand. Ren, kick us off. That one's interesting. I know a lot of people had Jamison Williams as the wide receiver one in this past wide receiver class uh, over Drake London. So some people could look at that and say, why would I give the best, the better wide receiver and an extra piece to get a wide receiver that I like less? Personally, I'm on the Drake London side because I don't much believe in Isaiah Pacheco. And Jamison Williams is awesome. Seeing him play was awesome. He's fast and electric but uh i really like what i saw out of drake london i would i would stick with him on this one yeah i mean i think pacheco long term you cannot bank on his dynasty value i think he could get bailed out by the fact that the chiefs drafted clyde uh in the first round a couple years ago and then isaiah pacheco stepping in and being as efficient as he has been and doing everything they've asked him to do is like, okay, you know, we're getting some return back on that Clyde investment. Let's maybe stop throwing money at that position right now um, because, you know, they can find a vet like McKinnon, re-sign him. Um, and, you know, they just, when you have Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to run the ball anyways. You're going to let Mahomes be Mahomes and try to run up the score on teams. So um, Pacheco, kind of like James Robinson. James Robinson looked like the truth there for a while, and now he's worth literally nothing in Dynasty League. So I fear the same for Pacheco later down the road. I think immediately next season, if he can kind of escape the draft, um, I, I think he's going to put up some numbers, but just not super long-term. JMO, I've never been a huge JMO guy. I just don't think he's a true number one target getter, and especially with the fact that Amon Ra's in that same offense. I mean, 
we call him juicy on this podcast, Ren, just because he is cut up. He's the sun god. I mean, dude looks like a bodybuilder that can run a sub four four forty. Like he's just unbelievable. And uh man, we were getting him in third rounds of rookie drafts, man. What a what a good time that was. But he's I mean, <laughs> he's, he's everything first round picks. Yeah, it multiple. I mean, he is he is the truth. I mean, he is he's the diamond in the rough of later in the NFL draft and has really evolved into a true alpha. So because of that, I do think JMO's season long ceiling is capped, but week to week, I mean, he will he'll be like your Will Fuller. He's gonna win you, he's gonna straight up win you weeks, and he has the potential to put up a Mike Evans like uh game because he's just you know, getting past this, the different levels of the secondary uh, each and every play with that wicked speed. But Drake London, I mean, Kyle Pitts is there for sure, but we saw them on the field together. And this was early in Drake London's uh, rookie season. And London was demanding targets and run first offense. The prospect, uh, the age, uh, just the true alpha uh, upside is what I'm chasing in this one. So give me Drake London. I'm going to take, as everybody knows already, Jamison Williams, Isaiah Pacheco. It's not for Pacheco. I just think Jamison Williams is a better player than Drake London. The The Lions were so careful with him this season. They're like, we cannot afford for this guy to get hurt again. Let's play him for 10% of the snaps. And he was still like fantasy relevant some weeks. So I love the prospect out of college. Drake London, don't get me wrong. I love his prospect as well. But I will always go for a technical route runner over a, I won't call Drake London a big brute, but I'll call him a less efficient route runner than somebody like Jameson Williams. And plus, we saw that speed this season. It's only going to get better with another year of rehab and offseason. Like, he is my buy low for this upcoming offseason. Max and I have a deal out. Uh, had a deal out before he took a different offer, but it was going to include Waddle and Jameson Williams and some other some other auxiliary pieces uh, traded back and forth. So I, I like him that much that I was able to give up. I was going to give up Waddle and give mm. something up in return. That's how much I like Jameson Williams. No doubt. Amen. I know I sound like a madman. No, no. There. I mean, with these guys too, there's so much that can happen. I mean, let's look at my boy Jerry Judy left for dead for so long and now all of a sudden you know he's a what is the the wwe guy that comes rising out of the coffin the undertaker Undertaker. (laughs) dude i mean that's his that's jerry judy's draft stock i mean these guys are so young sometimes it takes these wide receivers a few years to kind of get into their own and we knew jameson williams was going to be a project coming off the injury so he was going to be a top five pick in the nfl draft let alone the uh startup drafts if he didn't get hurt in a national championship yeah no so, i mean he the, the upside is really unlimited so it'd be fun to check back in on this one in two three seasons and kind of see where we're at now or cool. then cautionary tale for myself Corey davis was also a top five pick in the NFL, yeah. so <laughs> we'll leave that there uh moving forward super flex half point ppr this is an interesting one i know where i usually stand i know the value on this one is definitely skewed where one side is definitely more valuable than the other but i will take less value here just for more security on one side you have jamar chase on the other side you have drake london and t higgins so this was a trade that i made so i'll let you guys answer it before i talk. Mm. 
for me, I'm also a huge T Higgins guy. This is, this is really, really tough. There's a lot of talk about T Higgins, maybe getting moved this off season to a place where he could be a true number one alpha. And I think if that get paid, get to a new system, if the bears want to go trade for him, I think that would be, I mean, T T Higgins will make, uh, you know, Justin Fields elevate his game. T Higgins is constantly wide open. He'd go for 50, 50 balls. I love, love, love T Higgins. So, um, I would chase the upside with that. I mean, if London ever hit full stride and T Higgins for whatever reason got moved and hit his full stride in a new offense, like you get two locked and loaded wide receiver ones. Um, and you know, you gave up one who I get Jamar chases one or two in your dynasty rankings, but, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a depth guy. Injuries happen. Uh, things happen. Suspensions happen. I, I'm a depth guy and I'll take the upside of both London and Higgins. I'm going to be on the other side, Jace. I know that the value is on the London and Higgins side, 100%. And to be honest, I like T Higgins more than I like Jamar Chase when it comes to fantasy. I think T Higgins has a higher ceiling than Chase just because of their size. Like mm-hmm. if I really do, like if T Higgins goes out and is the number one somewhere, and Chase is still in Cincy. I think T. Higgins can be a quote unquote, I don't think better NFL receiver, but a better fantasy receiver if he mm-hmm. gets more targets and is able to become the focal point of an offense instead of being the number two. But I am going to take Chase just because there is so much money here, right? Like, let's think that this is like a million dollar poker hand, right? Would I rather split the pot and guarantee that I'm going to walk out with something? Or would I, will I take a big risk that can just absolutely just crash on my face just in case? If I take the split, I can use that money. I can enter another poker tournament if I wanted to. If I just lose the pot and it's I walk out of there with nothing, I'm going to feel really bad. So even though there is more value in riding the hand of the end and potentially winning, I'll take the split here and I will go Jamar Chase. What side were you on? I was on the side receiving Jamar Chase. Uh, this team was not a contender, not not the worst team in the league by any means, but definitely not a contender. And uh, the guy with Jamar Chase, this I, I made this trade. It was a couple of weeks ago when Jamar Chase was injured and mm. uh, the, mm. that manager needed points. So I said, OK, this is probably going to be the cheapest that you could acquire, like you said earlier, either the number one or the number two. Uh, yeah. player in dynasty fantasy football so right i got my shot and uh you know we negotiated a little bit but yeah so i yeah. i how long was the trade outstanding it was we got it done honestly within an hour maybe an hour and wow. a half because nice and it felt so good that that team has a lot of work to be done in the running back room and in the quarterback room which is tough for Superflex team, but that roster's got at starting wide receiver Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Somehow I finished second to last, but uh, that that goes to show how bad the running backs and quarterbacks are there. <laughs> but I can I I would feel comfortable possibly trading away one of those guys and recouping tons and tons of value, or just holding on to the two best wide receivers in the game and seeing how yeah. that plays out. Yeah. So. I started it out just by saying, hey, I see you uh, lost Jamar Chase and you need some points. Uh, what are you looking for? And we we settled on London and Higgins, but and that took a while. But when I sent out uh, London and Higgins, 
I love, like I said, I have London as my number one guy. I love T. Higgins. He's the Bengals are one of the the two the few teams that actually have two number one wide receivers. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I think to go back to what I was saying, and Peter, you kind of brought this up. Like, there's a lot of upside chasing London and Higgins, and but yeah, there is like a worst case scenario for these guys as well. I mean. Atlanta, who it is not a guarantee that they figure out their quarterback room. I mean, ask DJ Moore about that his entire career. Like he's a legit prospect, but it's he's never been able to put it together because, um, you know, their front office can't get a quarterback in there that can yep. get him the ball uh, other than, you know, than Sam Darnold, who's come along and done what we want for fantasy. I'm kind of flip flopping back and forth because T Higgins, I mean, actually to go back to London, a lot of his production this season is without Kyle Pitts. And I, you know, I mentioned earlier that London, you know, got his own early in his rookie season when those two were on the field together. I think a lot of that was due to just Kyle Pitts mismanagement, having him line up in line to be a blocking tight end in a run scheme. Like that is not why you drafted that guy. And I think they'll end up figuring that out. So, you know, he's in a place where he is going to have to share with Kyle Pitts, who we, you know, very coveted dynasty um, asset, you know, probably, I mean, I don't know about now, but for a long time was two, one, two or three with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Um, so there's a lot of downside with London as well. He can never put down or put together the season. We really, really want him to, or that he's capable of. And same with T Higgins. I mean, if he's in the offense with Jamar Chase, as much as I hate to admit it, Jamar Chase, he is the alpha in that offense. He's, you know, and he's explosive. So there's a lot of stability built in with Jamar Chase as well as upside. I mean, if Higgins leaves and it's all Jamar Chase and he's getting like upwards to 15 targets in some games, he's averaging over 10 targets a game. Like it is really going to be a tough debate between him and Jefferson. With Drake London, he's incredible, but the Falcons don't have a quarterback. Right. And Maybe Ritter's the guy, but probably not. They right. need to get somebody who can distribute the ball. Uh, T. Higgins, maybe the Bengals find enough money to keep him. Uh, maybe they don't, and he could end up anywhere. He could. You would like him to get a quarterback. It'd be awesome for him to get to Chicago with Justin Fields, but yeah, there's no guarantee that he ends up with a quarterback. Yeah, but I'm incredibly confident that the Bengals will do whatever they can to keep Joe Burrow and to keep. Yeah, uh, Jamar Chase. There's that's stands. a connection. Yeah, Higgins could end up in Baltimore and a run first scheme and end up just where Drake London is, where the ability right. and everything is there. But just because of the quarterback and the scheme, it's just not there for fantasy purposes. So that one's, I mean, yeah, that one takes some stones, man, to send that one over. But you got Jamar <laughs> Chase. Now you got Jet, like any team that you can put those two together. Like I'm staring at pictures of that every night with a big smile on my face. I'll wake <laughs> yeah. up and look at it a little more like that. That's beautiful stuff. All right. We got one more trade for everybody before uh, we pack it in here tonight. Mike Williams. Uh, single quarterback, half point PPR. So it's Mike Williams and 112 or Jerry Judy. Jace, I know what side you're probably going to be on right off the rip. But Ren, give us a little bit of insight on what your thoughts are here. I, last season, I love both of these guys, Jerry Judy and Mike Williams. I was acquiring both of them. Uh, that's tough. I like Mike Williams a lot. I like his talent. The things that he can do with his body. Jerry Judy doesn't have the type of body to be able to do those things, but he also doesn't they, have the type of body that breaks down every time he steps incorrectly. 
Exactly. And I think uh, you were saying before, you will always take the elite route runner over the physical freak. And yeah, the technical route runner. Right. So there's, I think this comes down to personal preference, but uh, I would take probably the side that comes with the pick. I, I think Judy and Williams are close enough to each other that you just take the, the first round pick or I, I, it's one twelve, So basically the second round pick and you, you take that extra value. Yeah. Right, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Jerry Judy side. Uh, a lot of it is age and just, um, you know, thinking about having that piece on your roster, you could roster him until he's Mike Williams age, which is in five years. Um, that's a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, Bro, but the pick, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, um, the pick is interesting because this class is loaded and you could really land someone at AT 12, Perry. just 18 I mean, Perry, one twelve. 18 I'm Perry. Coming. I mean, if people sleep on, uh, what's his name? Roshan Johnson out of Roshan Johnson out of Texas, the backup of, uh, of Bijan, that kid's a stud, going to be a great value in rookie drafts. But I mean, someone can slip in 112, and there's a lot of upside there. Um, but the age and what Jerry Judy just showed us down the stretch here is I mean, he can run routes like no one else in the league. And he's also just got incredible, incredible speed where he is just, it's not Jamison Williams speed, but it is like a different kind of speed where, you know, DBs and safeties are taking bad angles, trying to cut him off. And he's just zooming down the sidelines um, and busting through tiny little holes. So um, he showed us a lot this season. He was banged up all season. Russ was horrible. I mean, they were in a bottom five passing offense and he still snuck into the top 24 and that's overall scoring, not just points per game. I mean, missing time and you're still going to finish in the top 24, given all those circumstances, I think he showed us a lot. Um, and if I think Russ is going to rebound next season, I think Judy's shown us enough that he is the number one over Cortland Sutton in that offense and I think if Russ really rebounds, Judy could be looking at a top 12 season where Mike Williams, I love him too. Always been a big Mike Willie guy who will straight up win you weeks. He'll also lose you some weeks, um, but that's because he's got to share the field with Keenan Allen, who's the alpha in that offense. Um, and just 112 is a little too late for me. If it were closer to 109, which I don't know. I don't know how many people would pay 109 to Mike Williams for Jerry Judy, but that's when I'm really... I'm that starting be, to side with Willie and 109. That would be my cutoff as well, Jace. I think we're lockstep there. Uh, I do definitely like the Jerry Judy side more. Again, technical route runner every day of the week, twice on Sunday. All right. We wanted to thank everyone for listening to the end. You can follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. You can subscribe to us on Apple Pod, Spotify, however you get your podcasts. Again, it's at Dynasty Monarchy. We're going to be doing our jersey giveaway. I believe we're announcing it next week on the podcast. So we're going to be doing a jersey giveaway for the fantasy playoffs. Sorry, not the fantasy playoffs, the real Super Bowl playoffs coming up. Uh, we're going to be giving it away one of these weeks maybe during the AFC or NFC championship game. So keep your eye out on that. We want to thank Ren for coming again. Ren has worked with fantasy NFL today and sports ethos as a writer. He's currently in between writing for different publications at the moment, but Ren wanted to thank you so much for hopping on the podcast and uh, enjoying it like an hour and a half with us. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, JP Sticko, host of that Fantasy NFL Today podcast. 
great guy. Absolutely go listen to that podcast, Sports Ethos. They know what they're doing over there. And uh, look for me coming to you somewhere else soon. Go ahead and follow me at Rennie Bear on Twitter. That's W-R-E-N-N-Y-B-E-A-R-R. Nice. There you go. Rennie Bear. All right, we got a new nickname on here. The Rennie Bear has joined us for the podcast. Again, wanted to thank everyone for making it to the end. Have a very safe uh, weekend, enjoying Super Wildcard Weekend. Super Producer, thank you so much for running the Twitter. Jace, again, wanted to thank everybody for listening to the end. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.